welcome into a special edition of the Shot Show. We come to you live the night of our first ever bowl victory, Coastal Carolina, with a victory over the Northern Illinois Huskies in the Cure Bowl here in Orlando, Florida. My name is Curtis. I'm going to be your host tonight. I'm joined by Josh and Jordan. So let's jump into this, guys. I mean, listen, Coastal won the game. That's that's first and foremost. This offense looked completely potent, like unstoppable. They were super potent. You know, Grayson McCall walks away with MVP honors. Braden Bennett has a bunch of touchdowns. Isaiah Likely played great. Javon Hiley was super impactful. This is a, a well-rounded performance from the offense. Let's start there. What are you guys' takeaways from this offensive performance? Man, Grayson McCall had another gritty game. He threw for 315 yards, four touchdowns. In the press conference, he didn't even realize he had thrown for four touchdowns. That's how good he was. And he also said that he didn't even play well and this wasn't one of his best games, which he's clearly crazy. He maybe got hit in the head a couple times, which he was running around a lot today. But great performance from the offense, and, well, it's it's what they had to do or we wouldn't have even had a chance in this game. Yeah, just to pan on what you were talking about, Josh, I mean, you know, you expect, uh, you expect your quarterback to step up in a big game, a big game of this caliber, especially with it being in a bowl game. Uh, the Cure Bowl, getting a chance to come back to this bowl game that they had lost last year and seeing him perform the way that he performed, just leaving it all out on the field, not just him, but the rest of those seniors, uh, getting the win for those guys on their final game in the Chanticleer uniform. It was really a a beautiful thing to see. Literally came down to the wire, uh, down two seconds left, and Manny Stokes makes pretty much the play of his career for the Chanticleers and stopping NIU from getting into the end zone. Um, just a hell of a ride, just a hell of a ride from these guys. And, you know, what more can you say? We're the 2021 Cure Bowl champs, and it's a damn good feeling saying that. It really is. Yeah, it is. It feels fantastic to be able to say that, to be able to sit here right now and talk about a coastal victory. I know, you know, we made the trip down here to Florida. We put in the time and the effort to get down here and, and be media members, and it was all worth it sitting there in that that in that press box and covering this game and, and doing all the hard work that we've put into the show over the course of this semester and and the course of you know this this podcast life and this was a moment that I know it means a lot for these football players it meant a lot for us too as as coastal students and coastal football fans and, and coastal media members if you will it, it meant just as much to us to see that that clock tick down to, to triple zeros and and know that this game had finally been put away because for a long time it didn't look like Coastal was going to be able to do it. Their defense played pretty terribly. Their NIU racked up the rushing yards. They weren't doing anything special. They were just running right up the gut following their center, and it worked out for them. They played really well, but what are you guys' takeaways from the defensive performance? Man, the defense was, I mean, kind of to put it blankly, terrible against the run. NIU ran the same damn plays every single time. We couldn't stop it. Rocky Lombardi ended with three touchdowns total, but he had a very quiet game, and whenever we made him throw is when we were able to win the game. Shout out to him, though. He did step up in that last drive, but damn, we could not stop the run the entire game, and it was very, very frustrating. We went down by eight points with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and I was really worried. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's always tough when you see um, our defense not performing the way that they usually are performing. But, hey, at, at the end of the day, they made the plays when they needed to make the plays. Yep. I mean, Silas came up huge for us. He caused a huge hit on Rocky Lombardi. 
uh, causing a fumble, and we were able to recover that fumble. And, you know, fourth and inches, our defense stepped up really big on that play as well. Pivotal play in the game, needed to stop. We couldn't really get them off the field, and then they ended up trying to go for another QB sneak or a quarterback run, and our defense just steps up and makes another huge play, giving Grayson McCall back the ball and able to get down the field and score on the next play on that drive. And then, of course, like I said, fourth down play um, at the end of the game, two seconds left. That's another big play. So, yeah, you can, honestly, you can say that the defense didn't really play really well, but they, needed, they made the plays when they needed to. And that's all that really matters when it comes down to a bowl game and a championship game of this magnitude. And, you know, for these seniors, yeah, they made the plays that they needed to make. So, I mean, hey, we came out with the win. That's all that matters. Yeah, you mentioned that they're the seniors. They they threw it all out on the line. You know, we were live tweeting the game, if, if you guys were tuned in listening to that and, and reading through that. And we noticed with about 40 seconds left, C.J. Brewer, uh, for 40 seconds in the first half, I should say, C.J. Brewer disappears down the tunnel, heads into the locker room early. We're super nervous about him. And, you know, he came out super late. He didn't participate in, like, the post-halftime kind of warm-up thing that Coastal does. He was the second last person out of the tunnel and, and ran over to the sidelines but didn't look all that comfortable. But this was a guy that put it all on the line in this game, gave his everything. You know, He had to be carried off the field by two of his teammates. And I'm sure if you asked him in that moment, he was going to go over to the sidelines, sit for about two minutes, drink a Gatorade, and come back in. Like He, he gave everything. He gave his body. He gave his soul. He gave his heart to this team. And you know, to, to get a victory for that guy means a lot. Yeah, and this is, again, another display of just how special the bond is between these guys. A lot of these bigger schools in a bowl game that a lot of these bowl games are bigger caliber than the Cure Bowl, and these guys will sit out and not even play their bowl games because of their NFL draft stock. And CJ is a guy that, as of right now, is projected to get drafted in the draft, and he risked his draft stock because everything that this group has worked for and his brothers that he's grinded with, been through the losing seasons with, he put his health on the line, he put his draft stock on the line, came back after he tweaked his groin in the first half and gave it his all and left everything on the field. And without him doing what he could, I don't think we win this game. And I think the team stepped up for him, especially after he got hurt. And it's just like it's just like Silas Kelly said in the post post press conference, he said that um, CJ's a warrior. And you definitely saw the warrior mentality coming out of him every time he got hurt. He got hurt three separate Shit. times in this game. And every separate time, the first couple of times, he was not going to like leave his brothers out there all alone to try to take on this task and come back in this game. Granted, we were down about eight points. It was yep. 41 to 33 uh, in the fourth quarter. And he was not going to just sit out. He was not going to let them take his helmet away. He wanted to go out there and show what type of heart he had. And that shows what type of player he is. And, you know, it's a really beautiful, it was a really great thing to see him go out there and not give up on his teammates, continue to keep going out there and fighting. And it was really just, you know, MVP went out to Grayson McCall. But you could honestly say if, if Grayson didn't get the MVP, that CJ would have probably had to got the MVP because of the way that he came out and the way that he performed. Yeah, 52 is, has been the heart and soul of this team for a long time. I know, you know, Grayson gets the Sunbelt Player of the Year honors and Silas Kelly and Teddy Gallagher are the sheriff and the mayor, but this is a guy, and I know we've been critical on the defensive line all year, but this is a guy that has earned the respect of his teammates. His teammates want to be with him. His teammates want to fight with him, and, and he showed today that he wanted to fight with them. And, you know, Josh, you mentioned something there that I, I want to touch on. This is a game that, 
really could have been different because there's a lot of guys on Coastal's team that could have just said, screw it, I'm done. You know, Isaiah Likely could have sat out. Grayson McCall himself could have sat out. I mean, he's draft eligible if he wants it, you know, or or transfer eligible if he wants it. And he could have said, you know, this is the Cure Bowl. It's literally the second bowl game that ESPN is going to televise. It's on December 17th. Like, who really cares? Who really gives a damn? But this team rallied around Coach Chadwell. They rallied around this group of seniors that unfortunately now has to leave and you know, they left a hell of a legacy behind them and, and they fought tooth and nail for, for this group of guys and, and gave their all for a bowl game that they easily could have turned their, their nose up at it and stayed at home in Conway. Yeah, and going on a little bit more on that, I asked Coach Chadwell in the post-game press conference about, oh, this was a lot of people don't put as much emphasis on these smaller bowl games, but the team really looked like they cared tonight and he was basically like, this was our national championship game. This was the capstone on everything the seniors have worked for, and this is a stepping stone for the future of our program. And it looked that way tonight. It looked that way for Northern Illinois, too. This was one of the greatest, not fundamentally, of course, but greatest football games that I've ever watched with my two eyes. So everybody cared. Everybody played 100%, and then some. I truly believe that. And the, the product on the field was, especially from just, if you're a neutral, neutral watcher, you got a hell of a show tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a shootout. If you were a fan of defense, then this was yeah, not your game. Um, yeah, just just showed the heart. You could tell it was really different from these guys compared to last year when they came to the Cure Bowl. They didn't really get a chance to do the events that they wanted to do because of COVID and stuff. And this year, they actually got a chance to like go out and do things, go on Universal Studios and get a chance to really spend more time with each other one last time. They took it more seriously. But at the same time, they all came out and they wanted to have a good time with each other, spend the last few days with each other and try to get out here and get this win. And hats off to NIU. I mean, they are, they are they're going to be one of the teams to be reckoned with in the MAC for years to come. Um, they just really gave us a run for our money. And we were just fortunate enough to make the plays that we needed to late in the game to win the game. And... You really can't ask more from the seniors. It's like you said, they have left a legacy here. And it was what we've been talking about all throughout. <clears throat> they've been wanting, they've been missing that one thing. And that one thing has been a bold victory. Yep. And now they've accomplished it. So this class that is leaving us now is going to be a class that is always going to be remembered. And they continue to talk about the future, how the future is bright and how more recruits are going to keep coming in and stuff and how they're going to continue to win more conference championships, and more bowl game wins. So this is a first, but it definitely will not be the last. No, I don't think it will be either. I think if there's a lot of success to come in this team. And if you listen to our, our bowl preview episode, we talk a lot in that episode about you know the developing storyline that Grayson McCall was looking to transfer out, and this was going to be his last game in Teal and Bronze. And, you know, we were in the post-game press conference, and there was a lot of – we talk with Grayson McCall looking towards the future. He was asked about, you know, how good a player Bennett is and and how nice it is to play with a a weapon like Bennett. And he said, you know, we've always known how good he is. We know how good he's going to be. And I know I'm excited to keep playing with him. You know, so I think that storyline has been quashed. And with that, the future looks even brighter. You know, Grayson leaves and there's definitely a little bit of darkness creeps in, but... 
with him at the helm, I think Coastal football is in great hands and, and will be for a long time. But back to this game, you walk out of Orlando, Florida as champions. You walk out as first-time bowl champions, and it means a lot for your program, and it obviously meant a lot to Coach Chadwell. He started tearing up in the press conference talking about his guys and how much they fought for him and fought for this school and, and, and fought for each other. And, you know, he talks about he's never won a single football game in his coaching career. He's lost plenty, but he's never won one. You know, the guys in the room have always won the games for him, and I think that shows just the kind of man that, that Coach Chadwell is and what this team really is, is a group of guys that came together and, and performed at their absolute maximum for a coach and for a team that really they didn't have to. You know, this was a, Coastal Carolina was a place that they could have come and taken it easy and, you know, gone to the beach and, and done all the cool things that comes with being a Coastal student, but instead they, you know, they struck the stone every day and chipped away at it and chipped away at it and you know, by the time that their careers are over, they've chipped away at that stone so much that now it looks like the Cure Bowl trophy and it gets to go in the trophy case. Yeah, and this group of guys, like we've mentioned, they fought to the very end. And really for the offense to have so much trust, and they, Grayson said it after the game, he said, I really wasn't that worried about the defense stepping up and making that stop. We did what we needed to do as an offense, and while I couldn't control the outcome of the game, I had all the faith in the world that those guys on defense were going to want to contribute and step up and make a play at the end of the game to seal it, even though they really had been getting beat all game. But like Coach Chadwell mentioned, the first five drives, they didn't show up. But the last three, they showed up and they made plays. And luckily, the offense put them in a position to win. And then finally, they helped out the offense. That was great to see. And really clutch plays down the stretch. And Notably also, Teddy Gallagher forced a fumble earlier that they fell on, and then somebody else forced another fumble that they fell on. So there could have been more turnovers, and I think we won the turnover battle, what, one nothing. So we took care of the ball, and we made a big play when when we needed to, and that's really been a theme of this entire season was, well, we didn't pull out the close game. We don't have experience in close games, but we got enough experience in close games with App State and Georgia State. We beat... South Alabama kind of getting over that hump, and then for the defense to step up and make a stop, that's the first time I've seen it all season where the defense has really been the heroes down the stretch, regardless of how anybody played earlier in the game. Well, regardless, I mean, like the, like like you said, Josh, I mean, it's not just a close game. This is this was a come-from-behind win. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a testament to Coach Chadwell. It's a testament to these coaches, and it's a testament to these players. These players have fully bought in on what Coach Chadwell was – was was giving them uh, coaching wise, and they is like you said, Curtis. They could have left. They could have went anywhere else after losing the Cure Bowl last year. But they they decided to come back one more year and, and come back and try to win one for their coach. They um they love that man and he loves them. And it was it was really good to see um it was really good to see how the players bought in on what he said and how they continue to fight even being down at halftime coming out of the second half and still fighting to try to win one for Coach Chadwell. Um, and, you know, you just got to appreciate – you got to appreciate the type of people that they are and the players that they are for wanting to go out there and try to win one for their coach. And it's – I hate to see the seniors leave. And, you know, we're going to be impacted by them a lot. A lot of players are going to be coming in next year and going to be a little inexperienced. But we look forward to seeing this new – um, class coming in and seeing what more bowl wins we can get under our belt with this new class. Yeah, for sure. And, and 
Coach Chadwell talked to that at uh, that point in the press conference, talking about how, you know, next year's team is going to be just as talented, if not more talented, than the current team. They're just going to be super inexperienced. You know, you look up and down this roster, it's super senior here, super senior there. You know, there there's a ton of them. And then there's a bunch of guys that have decisions to make. You know, Hiley could technically come back for another year, but based off of what Chadwell said in the press conference, I don't think that's going to happen. Isaiah likely could come back for another year, but he's already committed to go to the, the Senior Bowl uh, down in Mobile, which tells me he's gone. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of players, a lot of new faces, a lot of new, you know, a lot of new guys that you've got to integrate into the coastal way and integrate into this is what we are, this is who we are. And you build on the legacy of the guys like Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly and C.J. Brewer that, that built Coastal into what it is now. But, you know, going back to the game itself, let's kind of go through a little bit of a, a recap of, of what happened, if you will. You know, NIU first drive, they, they man, I, in that first half, Rocky Lombardi had almost no passing yards, had almost no passing attempts, but ended up with, like, two touchdowns passing. Because NIU didn't need to. They just ran the ball down Coastal's throat. They would line up with six offensive linemen. They'd run this little jet motion and then run right up the gut and just over and over and over. Six yards here, seven yards here, nine yards here, 12 yards here. Just insane. And, and NIU goes up 7 nothing, And... Coastal has an opportunity to respond, and they do. They make it look easy. It was big plays only. Bennett gets the touchdown. And one of the early turning points in the game blocked extra point, which could have changed the trajectory of this game. And it, it did. It, did. it really did. You know, that was literally Coastal's first drive that blocked extra point. You know, CJ Shrimp grabs it. It falls out of the air after it's been blocked, and Shrimp grabs it and dives for the goal line and gets in. And the referees have a big, long conference about it and go, no, he caught it beyond the line of scrimmage, so it doesn't count for two points. It's actually, you know, dead ball where he caught it. So, unfortunate thing there, but that, that block punt changed a lot of things, changed a lot of thinking for what Coastal was going to do the rest of this game. Yeah, and basically every time we scored after that, it was, when are we going to go for two? We need to go for two, and... Later in the game, we ended up trying to go for two, and we couldn't get it, so we were down by two. Created a whole different system, and it really set the game up in favor of NIU and that they were able to dictate the pace and always kind of have a step up on us. And every time, every single time that we would retaliate, then they would hammer back with another running, running play only, six, seven-minute drive. And then at one point, they had the ball for 20 minutes, I think, around the first half. They had it for 20. We had it for 10. We were winning, actually, at the point they scored before the half. But that blocked extra point really set the tempo for the game and really set us from behind. And We never had a problem scoring, but they always had to step up, and it felt like they were in more control of the game. We definitely had to play the game at their pace, and we had to adjust everything we were doing. We never really took control of the game, even towards the end. Yeah, I mean, NIU definitely did their scouting really well. You could definitely, I mean, hats off to them. That The reason that they were so good at running the ball is because they were always bringing in a six person on the offensive line to come in and block, or they were also bringing like three wide, three wide receivers out. And they were really good at um, blocking as well. So you got to give them credit on, on scouting and really doing well running the ball because 
they had two running backs that both had over 100 yards rushing this game. And, you know, it's just like you said, Josh and Curtis. I mean, this was pretty much just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all the way through. And then on that block uh, point after, you just was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know for you guys, but for me, it was just like, oh, my gosh, not again. Because it happened last mm -hmm. year at the same bowl game. Same point, right? Same point. Yep. And it was just like, God, not again. Like, no, please, no, not again. But it was really good. I mean, Coach Chadwell talked about uh, Grayson and his leadership. Even though they were down throughout most of this game, he still was like, hey, guys, we still got this. We're still going to go get this win, and we're still going to go out here and move this ball down the field. And he did. And he still had the confidence to tell his team that. So it was really good to see that. But, yeah, from a standpoint of that, it was just really scary to see you know, we were down 7-6 at that point. It's just like, no, don't let this happen again. Yeah, you want to talk about a microcosm of the game, right? NIU's second offensive drive, like you said, <laughs> Coastal has, has scored. They're up by one point because of the blocked extra point. And for the first three quarters of that drive, NIU is pounding the rock, just blowing us up, up the gut, just bam, 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 bam. And then... They get into the red zone, and they try and pass the ball, and they can't do it. Rocky Lombardi misses a couple throws, can't get it done. They end up kicking a field goal and getting points out of it. They extend their lead a little bit, but that's the microcosm of the game, right? You look back at this game, through the first, what, three and, and a half quarters of this game, NIU was just running the ball down Coastal's throat, and then the second that it became a game where NIU had to pass the ball. Yes, they had some success that last drive, but a lot of it was checked down. You know, Coastal was giving them the little underneath stuff to prevent anything from getting to the end zone. And when they had to rely on, on Rocky Lombardi's arm to get things done, they couldn't do it. Yeah, and there was a point in this game, I think it was in the second quarter, we actually got a stop. It would have been our first punt that we forced, and we ran into the kicker. And NIU got 15 yards, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they score a touchdown on that drive? They did. When yeah. was that? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the second or third quarter. Uh, yeah, second quarter. We we had the the roughing the kicker after you know that like you said that was our first stop. That was the first time we had forced NIU to punt the ball, yeah. and then they extend the drive and they they finish it off with a touchdown pass from Lombardi. What was Lombardi the score it made the score 24 to 16 but at the time of the uh, the penalty it was 17 16 NIU right so we get that stop we get the ball and there's no reason to think we wouldn't have kept scoring because i think we scored every drive but maybe but one really so we go up a score and then we're dictating the pace and they're playing catch up and then at the end of the game we all we have to do is score a field goal and we can we can burn the clock instead of them but that Roughing the kicker call was really detrimental to the rest of the game. It allowed them to keep their tempo and keep dictating the game. And then just shout-out to the team for not letting that break them, and especially the offense. The offense was probably very frustrated at that point. They could never get off the field for an extended period of time. And shout-out to them for being resilient and doing what they needed to do with really blind faith in a defense that really didn't show much life until the end of the game. Yeah, it was really um, frustrating and heartbreaking at the same time because, like you said, we have been going through this whole entire game trying to stop them. We finally get a stop. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that roughing the kicker, 15-yard penalty, 
automatic first down. It kind of, in a way, kind of sucked the air out of the day, you know, out of our yeah. fan base for a little bit. We were sitting here wondering, like, why did you just do that? Why didn't you just uh, pull up and, you know, not hit the guy? But, you know, it was just unfortunate. But it just shows the great focus of this team and the great focus of the coaching staff to keep these guys still on the mindset of we can still get these guys off the field. Granted, they still scored. But it kept them, like you said, on the same path and kept them not worrying about that whole play, not letting that play affect the way that they played the rest of the way and eventually making sure that they got the plays that they needed to later on in the game to get the win. So yeah. it was really good to see. Yeah, and there was another time in this game where uh, it was the fourth quarter, but I specifically said to Jordan and Curtis, I said, this is going to be the deciding play of the entire game. It was third down and sh- third down and medium, and NIU ends up getting stopped a yard short, and we're like, okay, great, we're going to get the ball back. We're down by two or three points at the time. Here's our chance. They decide to go for it, and they go for a fourth and one. It looks like Rocky Lombardi walks off, starts walking off the field like they're going to call a timeout or call a delay a game so they can get extra yards to punt it, and they direct snap it to the running back, and Coastal comes up with a huge stop, the first real stop of the game. Our crowd's finally into it, and that that was the play of the game right there. That I think that was teetering between a win and a loss right there. Well, for me, I think the play of the game, and you guys might be shocked by the way that I might say this, but oh God. we've been very critical of this guy, and he came up very huge for us in the way – well, Curtis is fine. You can do what you, you can do all that if you want to, but it is what it is. This this guy stepped up when we needed him the most. He hadn't had a good punt really all year long, but Charles Overson came up huge for us, and you can't say he didn't. The guy literally punted the ball on the 13 yard line, started NIU in their own, pretty much back in their end zone, and they have to go all the way down the field with no timeouts to try to score the game. And the defense, that's when his defense stepped up. So, granted, if he had kicked the ball any worse, we probably they probably score and they win the game. But you can't sit here and say that play didn't didn't set up us for, to get that win. That was a huge play. Pivotal moment in the game. Charles Overson, that was a good kick. Shout out to you for that kick, brother. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he didn't he didn't get called into action very much tonight. And, that was his only time, right? And, and, yeah, exactly. And the one time that he did, he, he nailed it. I mean, it, it came off. It was so weird. Where we were sitting, we were actually only like 10 rows up from the stadium, something like that, and, or from the field, excuse me. And um, so we had like kind of field-level seats, and we could see – and from our angle, it looked like it got all of like ten feet off the ground. Like it never, it didn't look like a traditional punt at all. But worked a charm and and pinned you know Northern Illinois back at their own ten yard line. They had to fight back from that, and they weren't able to do it. And and so you know as as much as I'm I'm critical of you picking that as the play of the game. It was it was nice. It was good. It was good to see you know a six year senior like that kick something that. that that really was needed at the time. That being said, my play of the game is is the play that, in my mind, will go down in coastal history. I know we've talked about it already, but Silas Kelly punching out that ball gets picked up. And, and a funny little thing that, that <laughs> we, we caught while we were sitting there is, you know, whoever recovered it, I have to look back at the, the box score. 19. Yeah, I have to look back and see who it was. But he's running and, and he's got the ball. He's kind of carrying it out to the side, not really tucking it in. And, 
you know, he, he jumps over one Northern Illinois player and, and heads towards the end zone, and, and he's not breaking away. He's headed into, like, a crowd of offensive linemen that are going to clobber him. And all of a sudden, Alex Spillum <laughs> comes flying out of nowhere and tackles his own man and does it in, in a way that, that prevented him from, from causing any harm, from himself fumbling or, you know, from – doing something stupid, who, who knows? You know, Alex Billen drags him to the ground and says, hey, give the ball to our offense. Let our offense do that crap. You're not a running back. You're not a wide receiver. Let them handle this, and, and you're done. So that was – not only was it fun, but it was a play that changed the, the course of the game for, for Coastal Carolina. Yeah, Alex Billen has done a lot this season and a lot in his career, but that was really an underseen moment that could have caused – prevented something terrible from happening. That guy's not used to carrying the ball. He could have fumbled it. And then moving on a little more, so shout-out to Alex Spillum there. He's had a great year in Coastal, and hopefully he can do great things at the next level. But Lance Boykin really made a difference in this game. There was one play, I think it was in the early fourth quarter, maybe when we got that stop, and there was a screen pass. We Northern Illinois was driving again. They were running the ball down our throat. They decided to throw a screen pass. He reads it the entire way, gets it at a loss for nine yards, and sets us up for a stop. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that led to the stop on the trick play because they ended up getting it back to the fourth and one. But Lance made a few great plays. He's actually our only sack of the game as well. So for him to come in, be that second, third corner guy all year, transfer from Old Dominion, and he was pumped up after that. The whole crowd fed off of it, so... Shout out to Lance Boykin there. He really made a difference tonight. Yeah, for Alex, for me on Alex Bell, I mean, hey, we're big Alex Bell fans on the show, so it was really good to see him tackle his own man. I mean, hey, it's probably gonna go down on. It's probably gonna go down as one of those plays that's gonna be on SC, not top ten. But hey, I think, <laughs> I think, in my opinion, I think that was one of the smartest plays that mm-hmm. he could have done. Um, it really could have been a really bad play. In that situation, if he had got hit blindsidedly or if he got hit really hard by an NIU player and they recover it back, all the momentum that we have at that point has gone right back to the Huskies. And it's over. And it may have been over. We don't know what could have happened. But, I mean, Alex Spillman, um, you know. Heads up play. Heads up play for you. I feel like if, if we could give out so many MVPs for this yeah. game. And, Alex, you, may, you, got, you have to get one of them as well just for doing that. I've never seen it done before. Probably will never see it happen again. So it was really special to see that, and congrats on being a champ. Yeah, he didn't just help 19 to the ground. He was the sole reason he went to the ground. He was the first person to hit him, and then he just kind of said, you better get down before you do something stupid. So just, again, heads up play by Alex. Yeah, and then, damn, if if, if Coastal doesn't give us another heart attack, the, <laughs> the literal man. next play... They snap the ball and it hits Grayson in the chest and falls and he jumps on it. But my God, you can't let us go two minutes without a heart attack. Like I, I would appreciate if you guys would just chill for one damn second. Yeah, but I, I almost had a heart attack and an aneurysm at the yeah, same my, time. My oh. heart was my heart was racing, especially in the last five minutes of the game. My I know, heart I was my heart was racing, and I and at one point I couldn't. It was hard for me to watch, but I had to keep watching because. I I felt like we were going to pull it out, and I felt like the defense was going to make another stop. I don't know how you guys felt towards the end of the game when it was getting down and we were getting close to the 10-yard line, but tell me what you guys thought about that. Man, I I actually really didn't – I didn't know 
I was preparing for us to lose that game, though. I was truly preparing my heart for heartbreak. And when they pulled it off, I mean, I almost fell to the ground. Like, all the emotions of we've been covering the team the entire year. Like Curtis said earlier, we feel it just as much as they, they do. I mean, this meant so much to us as well, covering them the whole year, being media members, working in sports. We've been we go to a small school. We Some of these guys we have relationships with, and they're great guys and great men, and they deserve every bit of this. But, man, I was worried. I'll tell you that. When they started driving, my heart was beating 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and I'll say, I'll say this too. I mean, you know, for me and Curtis – you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know on the show, but we're all students. You know, for those that don't know, right. we're all students here at Coastal, and me and Curtis are seniors. It really, it really felt special to get a chance to come down to Orlando to cover these guys, yeah. to get these media credentials, and to get to see this final bowl game of the season. This final game, we're gonna. This is our final game of students. To end like that too, and for it to end the way that it did. <sighs> It was, it was, I would have enjoyed it if it was a little bit less heart wrenching and down to the wire, but, um, it was, it was a great feeling to see us go out the way that we did and get that win. But yeah, this is, this is it for us. We're not, next time we see Coastal play, we'll be alumni. So it was really special for us to be here to witness them get their first bowl win in program history and to bring that Cure Bowl championship back to Conway for Teal Nation. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good place to kind of wrap this up with is, is Coastal Carolina gets the win. That's the biggest thing. And Teal Nation has another trophy in, in the cabinet. And hopefully it's not too long till we get the next one in there. But for Josh and Jordan, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off for tonight. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. DM us episode ideas. We're now officially into the off season. Keep a lookout on the Twitter feed and, and on Instagram. We're going to have some cool things coming up if – you haven't heard it yet, go back and watch our Tyler Thigpen special. That was a heck of an episode. We've got that guy on here. But with that, I'll go ahead and sign us off. Sean's up.